in just one generation for kids who are part of the antibiotic generation, Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. one generation, our whole philosophy of germs and bacteria and our understanding of getting dirty and hygiene is fundamentally changing and transforming and actually like reversing in a lot of ways, right? And so it's incredible how, um, for me, it was always that, that like fascination with like the space between like what we know and understand and then how we make choices. Hi everyone and welcome to Superwoman Wellness. I'm Dr. Taz. I've made it my mission throughout my career in integrative medicine to support women in restoring their health using a blend of Eastern medical wisdom with modern science. In this show, I will guide you through different practices to find your power type and fully embody the healthiest and most passionate version of you. I'm here for you and I can't wait to get started. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where we are determined to get you back to your superpowered self. But it's not just about you. Many of us are moms, so it's also about our children. And remember, as moms, we're usually only as happy as our happiest child. So thinking about that and the importance of gut health, I've brought on Era Katz. I'm so excited for you guys to meet her. She's the author of a kid's book about your microbiome. I want the kids to know that word. (laughs) And the co-founder and co-CEO of Seed Health, a microbial sciences company pioneering applications of microbes for human and planetary health. A serial entrepreneur, it was Era's breastfeeding experience that led her to the microbiome and inspired her personal mission to explore the importance and the impact of microbes. She lives in Venice, California with her husband and her five-year-old son, Pax. Welcome to the show, Era. We're so glad to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Well, this is important to me. So in 2014, I wrote the 21 day belly fix and much of it was about the microbiome because Mm -hmm. Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, East West medicine always talked about the importance of of gut health and how it was connected to everybody else, everything else. And around that time is when all the research, right, was coming out about, you know, microbiome and what we need to do and all that other good stuff. And that continues to play out in practice. I mean, in practice, we see so frequently how gut health, and I'm almost like a, I'm sure my patients are sick of me saying this, where, well, yes. we have to start with the gut and then we can go from there. And it's so true in pediatrics as well. What inspired you to jump into the world of microbial health, which sure. is so like, you know, science-based and all that other yes. stuff. What inspired that for you? Well, I think, you know, and, and you're absolutely right that there's certainly been like medical frameworks and certainly like health frameworks, like you mentioned from even from more Eastern uh, practices practices and methodologies that certainly always knew even Hippocrates, right. Said like all disease starts in the gut. Yep. Um, but I think that it really, you know, I, I'm a serial entrepreneur, but I come much more out of like tech and consumer work and, but have been kind of that a lifelong nerd around biology and, and, um, and pathology. My mom died when I was in high school. And that was like my first mm-hmm. experience researching clinical trials and reading scientific papers. And even though I'm, I'm not a scientist, but get, have the privilege of working with some of the world's most prominent right. researchers in da- different areas of microbiome. And of course, one of my, in, of course, most important inflection points in my journey was my co-founder who of course uh, oversees all of our, of all of our science and of our R and D and our extraordinary scientific board and ecosystem of researchers. But from a personal perspective, you know, from that moment in high school and, and maybe, and this is probably very resonates with you and, and maybe what led mm-hmm. you to medicine, but like, I've always been fascinated by the way that we 
understand our body and then how that translates to the choices that we make. Totally. And, and, yeah. and, and the choices are like the very obvious things, like what you eat, like, yeah. but it's very subtle things that like shape your whole perspective and the way you see the world and the way you think about your body, the rationalizations we all make, the yep. confirmation bias we use, the language we use. You know, if you think about, like, I always say, like, it's crazy, like, you know, in one generation, and you're right, like when the science started to come online in just one generation for kids who are part of the antibiotic generation, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. one generation, our whole philosophy of germs and bacteria and our understanding of getting dirty and hygiene is fundamentally changing and transforming right. Right. and actually like reversing in a lot of ways. Right. And so it's incredible how, um, for me, it was always that, that like fascination with like the space between like what we know and understand and then how we make choices. Yeah. And I've been in, you know, I've been in tech and, and building products and, uh, for a long time, uh, in understanding like what, how people use things, but health was always a thing that was like my driver. And I had a, I had a miscarriage uh, at my previous company and I, I resigned very quickly and just existentially said, you know, I need to do, I know that I, I would eventually end up in health and science and been very close to uh, biotech and, and, um, and science my whole life through different parts of my advice, advising and, and, um, and consulting. But really, I always thought like, I really did not ever want to get into anything in health unless I felt that there was like the zero to one effect. Mm -hmm. This like, you know, wellness is a beautiful idea, but I think it's been not as inclusive right. as it should be. Yeah. I think it's a yeah. $4.3 trillion industry and you know, the stats, yeah. Yeah. no one's getting any healthier. Like right. that's not like, it's actually like we're dying of non-communicable diseases at the same, at Right. higher and higher rates, big systemic things aren't shifting. And so I never really wanted to just like contribute to the noise. Right. And I wanted to work in something that like felt like it was literally like, like how people must've felt looking through a microscope for the first time. Right. It was like, or seeing the stars for the first time. It was mm -hmm. like, I wanted to do something and be in something that can make an impact that like totally shifted the way you think about like your, your body and your place in the world. And of course, relevant to what we'll talk about your children and how you make yeah. choices. And that was really what led me. And then of course I met my co-founder and, and my scientific counterpart, uh, in him. And that, and that was really what led to, um, ultimately creating seed health. And of course, looking now, not just at understanding the microbes, but what we can do with them to impact health. I think that's incredible. And it is such a part of my mission and what I've seen over and over again. It's like, I talk numbers, I talk chemistry, I talk hormones. Yes. I do all this data work, right? But at the end of the day, that work is really because it shifts people. And yes. when people shift, amazing things happen. And that's the really fun part of my job. Yes. So, so yes, it's very similar, you know, and it's interesting that microbes, I actually had a degree in microbiology oh, amazing. that I did in undergrad without any intention, really. It was just yeah. like, okay, I think I'll, I have enough credits, so I think I'll get this major, but mm -hmm. it's just funny that microbes have such a prominent role now in how we think, how we feel, how much inflammation we have, what we look like, all this other stuff. So I think that's fascinating. Well, tell us a little bit of the microbial story. You've been in sure. it, you've been dealing with it. What is it that we all need to know? I mean, sure. I think most people know. I was super excited because my daughter, who's 13, almost 14, brought me an essay that she wrote for school. She had the word microbiome in there. And it's I was amazing. super excited. I was like, no way, you know this word. And so I think it's amazing that the, the word is out there. But what, what is it that we need to understand about microbes and the microbiome? 
Well, to your point, like what are the things that can really shift our perspective, right? So the first is if you grew up with this notion that like all bacteria is bad, we now know that that's fundamentally not true. And probably less than 1% of microbes um, are pathogenic or bad or bad. Um, Of course, we are all emerging from a period of the last 20 plus months where we know that the power of a single microbe can change our world. So certainly not to undermine that that little less than 1% can be very impactful. But what we do know is that about over 99%, maybe even more, um, and there's more microbes being discovered all the time, are are either non-neutral or actually beneficial. Mm -hmm. And when you start to understand like within the human body, there's about 50% when it comes to human cell count uh, to your microbial parts. They express about 99 times the number of genes. These Some of these stats that I'm saying to your point about using data get a little over-sensationalized because yeah. yeah. I think most people in medicine or science would say, you really don't, would still want your human, the human gene expression probably more than some of the microbial gene expression. So it's, they're not like one-to-one, but certainly the idea that they express 99, sometimes some, some stats say over a hundred times more genes plus uh, of course, the count being like when you think about 50% of your cell count in your body is not human. That's extraordinary. A long time. There's a, a stat that got myth busted a little bit in the last couple of years that used to say 10 to one, but it's more the last count is closer to 50-50. And if you think about the notion that there's 38 trillion of which are just bacteria. So um, there's stats that say that's probably the weight of a human hand all the way to wow you know, three to five pounds. We think it's a little closer to the weight of weight of a fist, the weight mm-hmm. of an adult fist. But still, if you can imagine like this notion, a lot of people call the microbiome, the lost organ. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising that a, your, your, your daughter's like writing about this because she'd write about her kidneys and she'd right. write about her liver and she'd write about her stomach. And so I think it's emerging as of course, it's not a dense, singularly located or with the way some, some organs are, but it does have the implications both systemically and locally that an organ does, right? And so it's fascinating. And of course, the, the most interesting thing about the microbiome, most people think about the microbiome as just the gut, but, and, and the gut is connected to and has systemic implications across many, many different organ systems and functions of the body. But it's so interesting in us as women and, and for as we think about our children, it's fascinating because we have different microbiomes as well, sub, sub-microbiomes. So the ecosystem of our mouth, for example, is totally different than the ecosystem and the microbiome right. of our skin. Right. Which, and for women, and totally different than our vaginal microbiome yep. mm-hmm. and totally different than our armpit microbiome and right. our nasal microbiome. And now we know there's an optical microbiome. And so it's really extraordinary because these different ecosystems, while collectively there are microbiome, each have their own functions, dependencies, relationships with our human cells, relationships with each other to carry out specific functions that they've evolved to be there to do over, of course, many, 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 many years. And, um, and I think so now, and, and where our name came from and relevant to kids, of course, uh, is the notion of seeding, which is really where our name came from, which mm-hmm. is that you get your initial mic your 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 first exposure to microbes um, is called seeding. And uh, until very recently, most people thought it was only at birth right. that, that the womb was right. sterile. Right. Uh, and now there's a lot of debate in science as whether whether or not the metabolites from the mother 
other microbial transfer that might be happening even prior to or priming of the microbiome in an infant may actually happen, uh, you know, prenatally. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of up for debate, but seeding itself is really that first exposure to microbes, which as you, as we now know, what happens in those early windows of life and how the microbiome develops can set your health journey for life. Right. When it comes to everything from like the function of your immune system to your GI tract, et cetera. So that's some of like fun facts. Yeah. And seeding for everybody listening is not just about passing through the vaginal birth canal, right? Yes. What, what are other things you're referring to as seeding? Cause this, by the way, is what we see play out in practice, right? Yes, so sure. You know, if there's, why do I always get candida? Why do I have SIBO? Why do I have fat yes. malabsorption? Why do I have pancreatic insufficiency? Well, a lot yes. of it goes way back and then you pile up the stressors and you pile up environmental toxicity and then you have yes. expression of all these different things. So yeah. how, what are other ways that we seed if sure. moms or pregnant yes. moms that might be sure. listening? Well, as I said, the research is really fascinating now because they're starting to look at the relationship between like the maternal diet, the prenatal diet and the shaping then of very specific microbial signatures after mm -hmm. birth, which is fascinating. So I think there are certain, there's some research coming out in terms of some of the prenatal behaviors. And certainly there's a lot of evidence to suggest that the health and diversity and richness of the mother's microbiome of your, the maternal gut microbiome absolutely impacts um, the fetal microbiome. And then of course mm -hmm. the seeding process. So this is, so there's some early window stuff that's like very new research and really being starting to be understood at the moment of birth. There's of course the vaginal microbes that are, that are seeding a child for any woman that's given birth. Uh, they will know what I'm talking about when I say there's fecal, <laughs> fecal <Yeah>. matter that, <laughs> yeah. that the child is exposed to. A, a lot of people believe from an evolutionary perspective, there's a reason that the two holes are very close to each other, um, mm. actually, which is really, uh, really fascinating. Um, and then there's skin uh, is kind of the most, the next most immediate surface that an infant usually has uh, a lot of exposure to. So that's one more piece of seeding, um, not just always the maternal skin, but any other caregivers or other parental uh, figures or, and, and the environment, right? Like depending on where you're born into. Um, and then when you kind of zoom out a little and you start to gain more exposure, there's the nipple microbiome mm. um, that the microbes that have evolved on the nipple that evolved there to be able to digest specific, help digest specific carbohydrates and breast milk. And there's a beautiful feedback loop that happens between, of course, then breast milk, which is a big part of seeding because there's microbes, but there's also the carbohydrates that are the substrates that allow and the food for the, there's a, a third of the carbohydrates in breast milk are not digestible by the human infant and are only a food source for the developing microbiome. Interesting. Like fascinating, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and so that's another part of seeding, of course, like the, and then the additional exposure, which you called out are like all of the, what, what's in your environment or yeah. are, is, yeah. is there, is there a dog? Uh, we know dogs increase microbial diversity, even in children. Um, what, uh, what other factors are you living in an, a built environment in the urban environment? Are you, mm -hmm. are, do you have proximity to nature? Is the mm. child outside a lot? Or are you being exposed to the natural environment and the microbial signatures? You see like incredible studies of Amish children that are exposed to like endotoxins and all kinds of like microbial diversity early. And there's no sign of allergies Wow, in those populations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so and then I think what you were getting at is not just like what adds microbial diversity, but what are the things that also impact microbial diversity? 
Uh-huh. Most obvious one, of course, is, is source of nutrition. So pre, pre-food, right? So like breast milk, breastfeeding or formula. So whichever, whatever is going in and, and being that prep, uh, provisional kind of like nutrient source. Um, in a lot of administration of antibiotics prior to 36 months of age, the, the, they say that a child will reach what they call a steady state microbiome. The age can be anywhere. Like we've seen things that say between four and six, some people say as early as 36 months, but really it's, it's these early windows where if there's a broad spectrum antibiotics administered um, prior to like that 36 month window, you can see really big impacts on the microbiome. By the way, I'm not advocating antibiotics will save your life and your child's life right, in the right, right moment. So right. of course I'm not yeah. anti-antibiotics, right. but just to say that that is a huge impact to a developing microbiome, right? right. Like it's like having a, a forest fire in a forest that was just planted. Right. And right. so it's very, the resilience and the recovery is, is harder. And then there's of course the environmental stuff that you talked about everything mm-hmm. from cleaning products and chemicals. There's amazing study in China about the correlation between cleaning products and childhood obesity. Mm. Um, and, and directly related to the microbiome and the gut, you know, the gut and, you know, regulation metabolism and, uh, which I think is, which is of course fascinating. Um, and I think we're going to start to see a lot more about the home microbiome, Mm -hmm. um, and the impact of these things. And, you know, the other thing about antibiotics is, as you know, it's like, you can take antibiotics, but there's so many things that we consume that we're, 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 yeah, that, that, right. that, yeah. like, so that's yeah. when you're, as when I was saying in the maternal microbiome, yeah. like that's another like, consideration. Um, and then of course there's, uh, things like NSAIDs, like just anti-inflammatories, um, things like people think, I think pop a lot, like there's just candy, which are like antacids, mm-hmm. um, you know, things. So even though if, if, like a child is not, obviously a baby's not taking a lot of that, but those of course, right. like maternally, they may be impacting the maternal gut microbiome, which could then have an impact on the infant as well as obviously um, all kinds of medications and other things that are put on the skin mm-hmm. for, for babies. Um, I think all, all kind of contribute to, you know, what um, the development and maturation of a healthy, healthy microbiome, which I say with big quotes, because there isn't a lot of consensus as to what actually a healthy microbiome is. I think we just now know that there's like markers that uh, are correlated less with um, the development of things like autoimmune conditions, right. and obesity, Right. Um, allergies, things like that. Yeah, I think it's a, such an evolving field, and it's been interesting to see like every year new stuff come out about the yes. microbiome, and even to hear you talk about like the home microbiome or how yep. pets can influence it. Yes. I mean, these are all things that are, I think, evolving as we speak, and we're trying to understand better and better. But we know the environment disrupts the microbiome. One question I'll get over and over again from patients is, "Can we change our microbiome? Is it possible to shift it and change yes. it?" If it's so set in the prenatal time frame and then going into those first couple of years of life, what do you say to that? Yes, I think I mean the answer is your microbiome is changing. I mean you'll see micro, a microbiome change after a bowel movement. Um, so absolutely, I think what 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 is interesting is that there's this notion that you know in the face of like dysbiosis or like mm-hmm. after antibiotics that you want to get it back to where it was right that so and and in an ecosystem i think what we're looking for is not the return to exactly how something was but a return to stasis right like a, this notion of kind of like resilience and absolutely between like nutrition diet um uh not like you know, kind of consistent or continual use of antibiotics or antimicrobials. Um, a lot of the health, I mean, everything from mm-hmm. like sleep 
to, I mean, and absolutely these things kind of cultivate what would, as I said, with very big quotation marks, because in science it's, there's not like consensus yet as to like what exactly a healthy microbiome looks like, but there's certainly biomarkers and certainly metabolites that are, are clear indicators of a functioning and healthy microbiome, obviously very clear immune and inflammatory indicators too. And so um, absolutely some of the diet from a nutritional perspective, like we know that uh, diets that are uh, plant-based with um, diverse amounts of plants, polyphenols, phytonutrients, I mean, absolutely know there's compounds that specifically encourage the growth of, um, of microbes. Uh, we know how the critical importance of fiber and plant fibers um, we, and we know the impact of things like alcohol, right. um, and other, you know, other perturbations. Um, we know the effects of like lack of sleep. So a lot of the things that, you know, are probably just part of a regular healthy diet, but now there's like, or, or lifestyle, but now there's like very clear, um, like kind of microbial rationale for things. Um, particularly when it comes to, I think diet and nutrition being probably some of the, the, the most, one of the most important things you could do. And of course, things like probiotics, but those really are not meant to adjust the composition of the microbiome, but are meant to be microbes that are, that signal and, or do very specific things kind of in transit versus Mm -hmm. the notion that I think people have a myth about probiotics where you take them to kind of repopulate. Right. Um, but that's not, trust me, it would be easier to explain to people if that's how they work, but it's not really how they actually like their mechanism of action. Interesting. So many people ask about probiotics and prebiotics. What do you say to supplementation with a lot of that? What I say is that, and and obviously that's like the core of all of our work, which is that we look at very specific applications of microbes as probiotics, um, either as uh, supplementation, as topical application, as oral application, or as therapeutics in the case of all of our women's health work. So Mm -hmm. for me, like that, there's a massive future in probiotics, just not the way the term is used today, the serious mm-hmm. field of science of probiotics, where you're looking at strains and or cocktails of strains or consortia mm-hmm. and putting them through human clinical work to measure very specific endpoints. Absolutely. I think is going to be incredibly important and, 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 and particularly like in the future when we have much larger data sets um, and other biomarkers, we're going to start to even think about like, are there areas where those could be personalized today? I believe in like the work that we do. And I believe that there's some other companies that I think are in, and, and researchers that are absolutely doing things, I think in a way that moves the field forward. Unfortunately, in the United States, the term itself is not regulated. Right. And so, you know, it's why you could go on Amazon right now and buy probiotic chocolate and tortilla chips and uh, home cleaning products and pillowcases right. uh, that are all considered probiotic because right. you can just say the term, um, which is of course not true. And so we, as a science, as a field of science, uh, as specific strains that are provided in the correct dosage that's been ver- verified and validated through clinical research to have very specific measurable endpoints in the human body. Absolutely. Unfortunately, the way the field plays out when you walk into the grocery store or the pharmacy is just like a wall of, right. I have no uh, idea what to make of this. Right. right. And so yeah. That's very, that's very, of course, makes it very, very challenging. Yeah. But as a field, I mean, in prebiotics, of course, like incredibly, I mean, when it comes to infant formula, yeah. uh, again, going back to providing those HMOs, those um, oligosaccharides, those carbohydrates that are critical for the development of the microbiome, um, prebiotics in food and diet and nutrition, absolutely as substrates and compounds that your microbes mm-hmm. can use to either grow yeah. or turn into other things. 
Um, and then in some cases, uh, for certain people, um, depending on what their conditions are, the supplementation of prebiotics may be meaningful. Wonderful. Well, a kid's book about the microbiome. Yes. What are you hoping kids will learn about <laughs> the microbiome? You know, it's kind of what we said earlier. And, and I, I honestly, the dream is that every 13 year old, like your daughter ends up writing about yes. you know, this. And I love the name of your podcast because the point of the, actually in the book, there's a whole part where um, we, we, we use the scientific, it's actually a real scientific term. We didn't make it up, yeah. which is the notion of your human body as a super organism, which yeah. just, which, which means uh, a multi-species organism. And so what I hope kids get from this is language is the yeah. language to think about their bodies and like, kind of almost like a, a lens shift, right? Like there are these moments you can go back to as a kid that you just like, were like, aha moments that mm -hmm. really change the way you see everything. And so yeah. my dream with the book is that kids, first of all, like your daughter, yeah. my, son, my son's five and he knows what the microbiome is. So it's Love like, it. it's amazing <laughs> it. and that they know what the microbiome is. They understand there's this whole ecosystem inside of them that lives in and on them working very, very, very hard to keep them healthy in exchange for a warm place to live, steady food source and some really good choices that you can make every day that really help them help you. Um, and I also really hope that kids walk away understanding that like when their parents are saying eat your vegetables, it's not just for them, right? It's like, they feel a sense of agency of like, oh, if I help them, they can help me. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, with kids and how they make health decisions, you know, we come up with all kinds of, as parents, crazy rationalizations right. to get them to do things. Right. And so my dream is that they start to feel a sense of agency um, and hopefully a sense of that they have a superpower they didn't know about, Love um, it. which is like a cool way to think yeah. about um, the microbiome. So I love that. Who are you targeting? What age group of children do you the, um The company that we did the book with a kid's book about, yeah, which is a I wonderful company. Yeah, um, uh -huh. they, they write most of their books for five to nine-year-olds. Okay, um, but I've been very touched touched by all the outreach we've gotten from adults who said they ordered it because it was the first because <laughs> it was the first time it was they, they very humbly said it was the first time they actually understand what the microbiome oh is. Oh my gosh, it, I might need some copies for the practice. I'd be yeah, like, read this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, but, it, but it's true. I think a lot of you, we hear these words all the time and we just yeah. like go with it, but we actually don't really fully understand them. Fully and understand so, it. Oh my it. gosh. I think it's incredible. I think the more kids understand about yeah. their bodies and how they work. I mean, you know, not going back to my daughter again, but it's been fascinating to see her interest in all of yes. this. She's grown Absolutely. up and really trying to put the pieces together on how the body works and how it makes her feel. And, and when she's in a fog and when she's on top of the world and all of that other stuff. So it's, it's really good stuff. I think the more we can empower kids and prep them, you know, to really yes. take care of this, this body that they live in, because it is their superpower, really, yes. I think that we're doing them a great service. So if you're a mom out there, yes. or maybe you're <laughs> pregnant or maybe you're a grandmother, whatever you are, we all have someone who can benefit from this book for sure and take a look and understand what this term microbiome means. So Era, thank you so much for joining thank me today. You. I appreciate it. So where can people reach out to you, know more about the work that you're doing, all that other good stuff? What would you suggest? Sure. So seed.com is where um, all of our consumer innovations live. Um, C.com slash a kid's book about is where if you want to earn a credit towards um, purchasing the book, you can go through this really fun learning experience and then earn a code uh, or credit to get a discount on the book. Um, and then at seed on Instagram is a 
abundance of knowledge that we post all the time. Um, People seem to really love our Instagram because it's really informative and educational. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for taking time out today to join me and for everybody else. Thank you for watching this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Remember, you can find it on Apple iTunes and Spotify as well. I also post the videos to my YouTube channel. So check it all out. It's there. This is an important topic. Educate your family and your children about it. And I will continue to keep you guys on topic for all things staying superpowered. And we'll see you guys next time. 